Thanks. It is a good morning. So we're going to continue our study on First Peter. And um, again, I have the honor and the opportunity to, uh, to bring this, um, bring the word this morning. And we're going to look at uh, the first two verses in First Peter. And as we look at this, I want to highlight four words. But before we do this, I want to remind us, and, and this is something that I think we need to remember. We have the story of those in Scripture and their lives recorded as examples for us. We need to understand that God does not show partiality. He treats all of us out of his character. He loves all of us. He doesn't play favorites. And you see, oftentimes when we read scripture, we're, we're tempted to say, well, that was for people in the past. That was for the lucky ones. But the truth of the matter is, there's a greater blessing for those of us that have believed who have not seen. And we're going to take a look today at the life of Peter. But what I would like to do is I'd like to remember that the same God that dealt with Peter is the same God that deals with you and I. One of the things I have thoroughly loved about getting older I'm being serious. There's that. I love the fact as I've gotten older, and I've taught for over two decades, I ran into another former student over the weekend. I have realized that the longer that I live on this earth, and watch the king of the universe deal with my life. The wiser that I'm becoming as I grow in more humility. I'm not young enough to know everything. There is a blessing to see the Lord move through our lives in the passage of time. When former events in our lives begin to make more sense. You see, we're all in a story. And yet, we all know in a good story that the ending oftentimes reveals the beginning. And I've lived long enough to see that things that I have long questioned in my journey as a believer... Some of the dumbest things I've done. And just ask questions like, Lord, why? I can now see he's a lot wiser than I am. You see, I say that because I know Peter learned this. 
when Peter wrote 1 Peter, and he penned the words by the Spirit of God, these words flowed from Peter, and these words meant something. And, and you've got to understand, Peter's life began as a, as a young boy, like you know a lot of young boys, young girls, by the Sea of Galilee, working and working hard and under oppression, where government leaders weren't the nicest and they were often corrupt or were corrupt. And then all of a sudden one day, this Jesus appears and says, follow me. And Peter does. And he goes on a, a walkabout for three and a half years. And he sees things that the prophets had talked about. And then Peter messed up. Three times. And then last week I talked about that he went back to the Sea of Galilee to, to go back what he knew. He's such, so typically human. Well, I don't know what to do now. I'm just going to go back and do what I've done always. We're so human. We're such creatures. And then Jesus comes up and restores him. Not once, not twice, but three times. And here's Peter writing, knowing he is writing the very words of God. He had to stop and think, boy, has this been a journey. Never gloss over the beginning of any of these letters in the New Testament. Because we, we know that when we open a letter to someone, we don't write letters like we used to. That's kind of sad. May I make a wee bit of a suggestion to you? It must be important. I'm trying to act smart or at least Irish. Look, you want to reach someone for the gospel, write them a handwritten letter and mail it to them and they'll be shocked because I, all I get is bills. What's this? Wow, somebody took the time to... First Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle. Not Peter, a defeated disciple. Not Peter, who betrayed the Lord by denying him. Not Peter, the fisherman. Not Peter, the uneducated Galilean. Not Peter, the son of so-and-so. Peter, a what? An apostle. That statement, when Peter wrote it, and he penned it down, you must understand that Peter was restored and walked in the victory from all of his past failures. And Christ said you are my apostle. What Jesus did in the beginning. He fulfilled in his life. That is a statement of absolute grace and victory. Peter is saying. You are not defined. 
by your past. You're not pushed by your past. You are pulled by your future. Embrace your identity as an image bearer and redeemed in the Lord Jesus Christ and walk in it. The old cliche, when the enemy reminds you of your past, just remind him of his future. I'm not big for cliches, but I like that one. Uh-huh. To the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. To the what? Pilgrims. Our citizenship is in the kingdom of heaven. Our government is the king of kings. We must realize, I have to realize, as much as I love the land I've grown up in, that this is not my home. Actually, we're all ambassadors. Representing a king. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. To the foreknowledge of God the Father. I know we know, but God knows everything. No man comes to Jesus unless the Father draws them. John 6, 37. And anyone who comes to Jesus, Jesus will in no way cast out. Do you realize that every believer is a gift from the Father to his Son? And the last time I checked, God the Father does not give garbage gifts. Look at each other. You are a gift from the Father to the Son. Say it to each other. No, do it. Sorry, I didn't mean that disrespectfully. When you see a believer, you are looking at a gift from the father to his son. Treat that gift well. And by the way, Look in the mirror and realize it's true of you. As long as our enemy keeps believers drowned in the miry slough of despond, as John Bunyan would say, the world sometimes has a hard time seeing our light, and we're told to shine our what? Our light. We are precious to the Father. Because the Father gives precious gifts. To the foreknowledge of God. Now, I want to camp on this, and we could spend theological weeks on this, years, forever. And I'm not going to say up here that I understand God's foreknowledge completely, because I don't. I know that He knows everything. But I will tell you this. When Jesus said to Peter, follow me. 
He already knew Peter was going to fail. And yet, he knew where Peter would end up. You see, we are already seated in the heavenly places with Christ. How is that true? Because God is outside of time and everything that has ever happened is before him. He already sees you there. You just haven't got there yet. You will. You're a royal priesthood if you're in Christ. I know that's hard to believe sometimes when we look in the mirror as we age. And believe me, I know. When, you, when I look back with RGF, resting grumpy face. But folks. Sorry, Terry. I stand in front of royalty. In the sanctification of the Spirit, sanctification, that God is transforming us by His Spirit. I am so thankful that my sins are forgiven. But I am just as much thankful that He is changing me from the creature I was to the creature I'm becoming and am that new creature. I am so thankful that that 15-year-old boy who said such evil things to his mama is long gone. I am so thankful of what he has done in my heart because I know where I was. And I know he took me through the dark night of the soul. And I know that there is mourning in him. I have a ways to go, but he has healed me in places in my heart. And those who know me well know I speak the truth. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I can't wait till it's all done. For obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you paid the penalty last week. Which is easier to say, rise up or walk or your sins are forgiven. It's much harder to say your sins are forgiven because that required the cross. But man, when we look back, we're going to be in eternity if we're in Christ. And if you, if you don't know Christ, what are you waiting for? Christmas? I had to do it. It's this time of the year. Why would you reject so great a salvation? Not only from your sins, but from everything that's broken inside of you. The God who made everything that you love in treasures made it all. And he's greater than that. Why would you want the stuff he made and think that's the greatest thing on earth when you could have him? Grace to you and peace be multiplied 
Peter. Didn't say those words in theory. He said those words because they had become food for his soul. Grace. Because I know I have been shown grace. Grace to you. Unmerited favor of God. And peace. Peace. Shalom. Inside. For we know this. If you have peace inside that only the infinite personal God revealed in Jesus Christ can give, the storms may rage all around you. And you have nothing to worry about. But if you make your peace and security this world, it'll crumble. Grace and peace to you be what? Multiplied. How many of us would give every penny we have for grace and peace? The world cannot give it, for the world does not know it. Now, Peter was a person, was a man, an apostle that stood up. God doesn't call perfect people to do his work. He really enjoys taking miry clay and watching them turn into saints. With all of our flaws and idiosyncrasies and weirdness, God takes great glory in doing that with us all. And I'm going to illustrate one more thing from this that is so true. Peter is writing to the pilgrims. The message of our Lord and Savior that has gone throughout the world for 2,000 years and is spreading now is spreading because God is using all of the saints who draw near to Him to do so. Through our prayers, our love, our giving, the fact that we bear testimony of the peace that transcends all understanding because the world cannot understand it because they do not know him who gives it. We are his ambassadors. What Peter would say to us, your pilgrims, saddle up. That was my best John Wayne. Saddle up, pilgrim. Yeah. You're forgiven. You're being transformed. And you have the message of grace and peace that only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Go forth. Spread the word. Let's pray.